This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You know, it's hard to run the ball the way we've been able to run the ball unless your offensive line is playing effectively. There's a lot of elements that go into it, you know, but um, but I do think that our offensive line has, has been playing playing pretty well, done a pretty good job of, of run blocking. We've done a pretty good job of uh, protecting for the quarterback, you know, and, and – I just feel like, you know, generally when you're in a little bit of a groove offensively, um, you know, all those things kind of start up front. We're back here on Inside Black and Gold, and that was Dennis Allen talking about what has to be the most improved unit after week eight from where it was in week one, and that is the offensive line. Andy Dalton has not been sacked in two weeks, and for a group that, you know, everyone wanted to heap dirt on Cesar Ruiz, and no one had any faith in James Hurst and all this. And Andrews Pete is Andrews Pete. He's always hurt. Well, he came back and he looked good. You know, that has to be, you know, when you look at a team that's struggled and is still three and five and has to find a way to get back to 500 and get on top of the division, you know, it's a lot easier to do that when your offensive line is doing the job. And that's what's happened so far, or at least, and that's what's happened the last few weeks for the Saints. Yeah. And I guess, because of the position group, it doesn't get a lot of love. I think a lot of people have kind of overlooked their contributions, even though how important, obviously, the guys up front, the big the big uglies are up front. But, um, yeah, that's impressive when you just said that with Andy Dalton not being sacked the last two weeks. Obviously not a guy that is known for mobility. He can definitely has some, I guess you could say, smoothness about him where he's able to have a little bit of escapability, but he's not someone that's, going to be running around back there. Uh, and in just general, the the run blocking is obviously uh, key for springing guys like Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, et cetera. And I think, I don't know if it was this week or last, I think it was this week on one of the touchdown runs. Got to give credit even to a guy like Traquan Smith, who I think helped uh, spring a, a huge gain for, the, for Alvin Kamara. Yeah, no, I mean, the run blocking, you know, it works together, right? And I think that's what Dennis Allen was pointing to, which is like the run blocking and the pass blocking are not independent from each other, right? When you are run blocking well, it makes it easier to pass protect because you don't have, you know, guys coming at you, right? They don't know whether you're going to pass or run because you are so effective at doing both, right? And it goes the other way as well. And, you know, one guy who <laughs> I, I've been trying to, to, to pump the brakes on for two years now, but every time I, I like I've tweeted so many reports from his teammates, from his coaches are saying, you know, he's one of the hardest workers on the team. He's going to get there. It's just a matter of time. It's a guy who everyone want, everyone wants to complain about how he played last year. Well, the first five games of the season last year, he was playing at center. And that's Cesar Ruiz, who I, I think has been a star. He's been a Pro Bowl caliber guard through week eight of the season. And, it, you know, the last few weeks, people have started to really notice that, you know, the first five weeks of the season, I think the team was struggling 
And so it's hard to point out anyone who's doing well on when a team is playing as badly as they were. But, you know, he's been coming along all season. You know, that, that week one, everyone struggled. He got blown off the ball by Grady Jarrett. We all remember that. But, you know, whether it's run blocking, whether it's pass blocking, he's been a stud. And that's just that's the that is the name of the game in the NFL, right? You you have to get better. You have to identify what you don't do well and improve on it. And that's what he's been able to do. And it's like, so maybe next time you have a first round pick who isn't, you know, blowing the doors off of people in year one or year two, we can all say, oh, wait, you know, there's a reason that <laughs> you have coaches and there's a reason that they thought he was going to be good. And he's now he's now reaching the potential that they saw for him back in 2020. And that's only going to mean good things for the Saints. Yeah. And unfortunately for Ruiz and people want to say this is an excuse sometimes, but the guy came into the league during a really awkward time yeah. in the NFL, in America, with the, the pandemic going on. There was just limited amount of reps, limited snaps to develop in practice. And what they were doing was more, you would hear from Sean Payton, classroom study and you know certain things, just working with your position groups. But it wasn't a really full kind of training camp and, and, and really didn't get to... I guess, flourish in his progression the first two years in the NFL. It was just difficult. This was really his first full year of going through, you know, an, an NFL preseason with the team. You got even think about, you know, the Saints not having preseason games during the pandemic, things that would just, you know, ha- just things that hampered his development. And it's good to see that he's starting to flourish, come along and just, it's a process too on the offensive line. You talk to the guys and their communication, them being able to work together. It's, it's not just an individual really is one unit. They're working together as one. Yeah. Cesar Ruiz did not have a single OTA practice until this year, until year three. That's right? crazy. Right. One, you didn't have basically any off season programs. You didn't have any preseason games and he was changing positions and he got hurt in the preseason. So I think he did wasn't even active for week one because he was still dealing with an injury. So you lost all of that prep time. You lost all of that ability to kind of figure out where you were. And I think, you know, he was behind the eight ball of not being as good at, at the guard position as he probably would want to have been before getting thrown into the fire. So that's a recipe for struggling, right? You've changed offensive line coaches since that time. So clearly you felt like the offensive line coaching was not up to snuff either. You know, in year two, you spend all offseason being like, man, okay, I'm going to get it at guard. I'm going to get it at guard. I'm going to get it at guard. Five snaps into the game, you're playing center, and you're playing center for the first five games, right? You have a guy who's trying to find his way at guard, and suddenly he's not playing that position. And then you shift him back to guard, and he's now, you know, back to square one and trying to remember how to do this again. Well, three games after that, Ryan Ramchick goes out for the next eight games, Right. So the guy who you're trusting right next to you, who I think is a very helpful guy to have next to you, is suddenly Landon Young, a rookie. Right. So the veteran on that offensive line group on the right side of the offensive line is Cesar Ruiz. So that's just a a recipe for struggling. And I think we talked to Zach Streif on Sports Talk during the offseason, and he he talked about how, okay, yeah, he has taken a step forward in year two. Whether you want to believe it or not, he has taken a step forward in year two. And he needs to continue that. He needs to take a bigger step forward in year three. And that's that's what he's done. If you look at the pressure numbers, the pressures allowed, they're remarkable. He's allowed five pressures this season in pass protection. 
Five, Calvin Throckmorton, who has played a grand total of 60 pass protection snaps, <laughs> has allowed six. Caesar has played 166 wow. compared to Calvin six. I'm sorry, compared to Calvin 60. And he has fewer pressures allowed. That's how good he has been. Ryan Ramchek, 15 pressures allowed. Now, that might sound more alarming than it is. Keep in mind, you have James Hurst at left tackle, and you are sending help to his side frequently. So, like, that's a you're, you're keeping Ryan Ramchek on an island, but those numbers aren't a mirage. That's how good he has been. And I, I got into it with a couple of people on Twitter yesterday, and it's it's more about like, I've said before on this podcast, I have one of my big pet peeves is, you know, just calling young players busts because they're not stars in year one and two. And that's what had been happening to Cesar Ruiz. And especially at offensive line where you don't really see the development because you're watching it on TV. Unless you're studying film, you really don't know how offensive lineman A or offensive lineman B is doing because they're only showing you a good look at their set, if they make a mistake, it's not exactly dramatic television to show a perfectly set block where nothing happens, right? Like, but that's a that's a successful play. And it's like, so if you're not watching the film, like to to pretend you have an idea whether this guy is like actually improving or not, you're just, you know, you're just repeating what you're hearing. And so it gets into this echo chamber of like, oh, this guy sucks, this guy sucks, this guy sucks. Yeah, he sucks. Get him out of there. It's like, well, why? The coaches are are the ones who are telling you like, yeah, he's improving. He's struggling, but he's improving and we're getting there. And so what bugged me on Twitter is like, all of a sudden it's like, wow, it's remarkable. I can't believe he made this crazy turnaround. It's like, no, (laughs) you think that because you've spent the last two years shit posting a guy. And now instead of just saying, oh, I guess I was wrong. You're like, wow, it's remarkable. I can't believe this thing happened that I could, that no one saw coming. It's like, well, you know, if you were more reasonable about this, <laughs> you would have seen it coming and you would have seen it building. But instead, you've just been talking shit <laughs> to a guy who, if you saw him in person, you would ask for a selfie with. Right. Anyway, that's what bugs me. That's what bugs me more than anything else. Well, the thing is, I mean, one, it goes along with the territory of being drafted in the first round. People that, expect, yeah. you know, so much out of that. He's just going to be a stonewall right away. And we saw that this year, even with Trevor Penning, in the preseason, yes. everyone everyone started getting on him for some early struggles. And it's like, just like you said, right to start this, pump the brakes, hold on. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the guys are going to make mistakes. They're young players. They're inconsistent. And on the offensive line, when you're inconsistent, your quarterback gets killed. So I get it. <laughs> like, if you're a wide receiver who's struggling and you don't get separation and you just don't get the ball thrown to you and you, no one ever finds out about it, right? You would have to be watching the film to see a wide receiver really mess up on a route. So it's the it's the inverse. Right. And so a quarterback is in the same position as a offensive lineman, but you get a better look at what the quarterback is doing every play. Right. You have analysts who are breaking down what the quarterback is doing every play exhaustively. Offensive line is really difficult. It's really difficult to analyze. And I'm not that good at it. I'm just asking the players. I'm asking the coaches and they're telling me these things (laughs) and I'm reporting them back. And then it's like, wow, I can't believe I can't believe no one has been telling us about this. Like, that's what I've been doing for two years. Anyway. Oh, you're such a homer, Jeff. Right, right. So earlier this offseason, right, one of the things I tweeted was, you know, Contavious Street went up to the podium. We only talked to him like once. And he was asked, you know, who has stood out on the offensive line? And his answer, you know, he hasn't been around for the two years of where everyone was saying, bench Caesar, bench Caesar. Like people were saying that they should move James Hurst inside, start the rookie left tackle just to get Caesar off the field. That's how ridiculous people were being. 
And Kentavious goes up there and he's like, oh, yeah, Cesar Ruiz, 100%. He has been a star. Like, he's very difficult to get past in pass sets and run sets. He's got quick feet. He's strong. He's agile. And I tweeted that and they were like, well, I guess now I don't trust Contavious Street. <laughs> and it's like, or maybe this impartial observer is telling you something that's going to pan out. And it did. And so that's my thing. And I'm getting worked up again. It just annoys me because it's like people, Andrew from the Saints Happy Hour podcast says I'm grandstanding. I was like, no, I just want you to admit that you were shitposting a guy for no reason. You know? And, or at least, and, at least acknowledge, yeah, the development of a player who might have been struggling early on in his career, but has taken these steps now that, like we've mentioned, you know, has gone through OTAs, has had a a real training camp, right? And it's like, but in the in the, in the, the term turnaround, turn the corner is what bugs me because it's that's not really what it is. It's not like he was he was this player and suddenly he's a different player. It's like no, he's been developing and developing and developing, and then it clicked. And and it went and the the, the curve went up as yeah. opposed to just slowly curving it it, it ticked up, you know <laughs> you know we've all we all went through a pandemic where we watched all these lines and you know, the, you've seen it the parabolic increase and so like like that's what happened and the reason you're stunned by it is that you had already decided that this guy was a bust and so now you it's like you're trying to justify that bad take by pretending that you, this couldn't have been seen coming it was impossible. Oh, just wait till he has one bad game, though. People will be jumping all over him again. Well, that was the thing. Like, he had been playing really well, and, like, people had gotten so just reflexive about blaming Caesar for bad offensive line play. And it was, like, I think it was, like, week five. And I was, like, you know, I don't think Caesar Ruiz is the reason that they're struggling. And they're, like, well, we must have been watching different games. Like, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was the rant that I – I didn't need to go on that full ramp, but it's just been Hail annoying. Caesar. I just don't like, I hate, I hate this idea that a young player is not a star. So he's a bust. Right. And it's like, what are we doing here? Like, that's it. That's all. That's like, that's what I got. I'm just saying gear up for it again, because Penning's going to be back soon. I know we're going to be talking about that, but that, that's going to be another guy that people are going to be, they have high, high expectations for right away. So, yeah, so we, I did want to get into Penning a little bit, but I did also want to share a clip of, you know, probably the my favorite Cesar Ruiz rep from this last game before we do the film session. It goes kind of quick there. But what you can see is, so Cesar, one of the things where he's really improved this season, and it's something that the Saints do a lot of, so you have to be good at it, is being a pulling guard, right? So you got to come across, not only get there, but you have to find your block, you have to land it, and then you have to kind of get upfield and, and see if you can keep going. And so what he does here is he not only gets there, blows up the rusher, he finds the the secondary rusher and b- blocks him with his back turned. Hmm. And that's what keys this run. Like you can see, he just kind of like flips him off his back and all of a sudden Taysom Hill is upfield. And it's like, that's the type of confident thing that you would have never seen from him in years one and two. And I, I asked Ryan about this, Ryan Ramchick about this uh, on Monday when we talked to him. And it's, you know, the biggest difference is not, you know, his ability, his talent level, it's his confidence. It's the fact he's going out there and he, he knows that he's going to be the player that you know he knows he can be. And that's, that's a, a lot bigger of a deal than, than most people probably realize. I wonder sometimes, like, does Cesar Ruiz hear all the outside noise, really, from the fans, all that bitching that was happening in the early goings, and, and how does that make him feel? 
Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's, it's really tough to know. I mean, I think some players do. Some players are better at blocking it out. If he has been hearing it, then that makes it even more impressive that he has been able to not let it get to him because that would annoy me. It does annoy me. And I'm not even him. Right. Because like, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm more sensitive to it because I see the players working. Like, I'll, you know, like I, I get to watch the practices every day where he's out there. And it's like, it's like, he's not like he's just wandering around. Like you can see guys when they're not trying hard. Like it's, it's not that hard to spot when guys are phoning it in. And that's never been the case with him. And so I'm just glad that he's finally getting the shine. He's been working really hard to get. And I'd like to see some people on Twitter be like, you know what? I'm an idiot. Not, wow, what an amazing turnaround. Like, no, own your take. If you're literally on Twitter to have takes, own your take. I make bad takes all the time, but I'm not going to pretend I didn't have them just because the guy proved me wrong. Like, I, I spent all offseason saying Andy Dolan didn't have what it takes to win games, and look what he's doing now. Like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's not like he, he's, he's amazingly a different quarterback. I misread the situation. That's it. No, I think, I, I think we were all laughing, too, just because, you know, hanging out with Bobby Bear during training camp and Bobby was all over Dalton from day one. And it was just it got to the point where it's like, Bobby, I don't want to hear it anymore. Now he looks like a genius because <laughs> because that's another guy who I thought played really well yesterday or on Sunday. OK, before we go. So one update that Dennis Allen gave us was on Trevor Penning. Here's what he had to say on that. You know, he's out of the boot now. Um, he's he's started you know, with some with the, some some cardio stuff and on the treadmill and, and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, he's 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 progressing. Yeah, that's good. You know, and I think that's what we knew uh, in the sense that he had started out on the scooter on that little knee scooter. We've seen him around the facility. He was walking in the boot, kind of going through meetings. He told us he was a few weeks out, and now he's uh, on the treadmill doing weight bearing exercises, and that's you know that's good. Yeah, obviously out the boot on the treadmill, able to put pressure on that foot. And there'll be, you know, more baby steps taking forward, coming back from the injury. And who knows? We, we might see him back, I don't know, in a week or two, starting with some team stuff. Yeah. So the thing to keep in mind, he's on injured reserve. They can bring him back any t- at any point. Like he's past that four-week window, obviously, where they can bring him back. He went on injured reserve prior to week one. So he's well beyond that. And so it's like you can bring him back to practice. And then past that point, you have 21 days to put him on the active roster or he's done for the year. So it's really just a question of, okay, at one point do you think he's 21 days away? Because I do think they want to get him back in practice as early as possible prior to coming back. So even if, even if he is a couple weeks out, I think you do want to get him on there because it's going to be a conditioning thing. That's for offensive linemen, you know, getting out of the boot and doing treadmill work, that is a significant step for, for an offensive lineman. These are big dudes. So I'm sure, you know, he's put on, actually, I don't even know if you put on weight when you're not playing football as an offensive lineman, because it's probably hard to maintain 300 pounds, but that's a lot of weight on your foot. That's that surgically repaired foot. So, you know, that's a good sign for him, I think. Yeah. I don't know how much he was just chilling on the couch, playing COD, eating chips. What else are you going (laughs) to do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I hope he was. I hope he had some. I hope he enjoyed himself while he wasn't uh, having to having to murder his body every day for. Months, Hopefully, but. watching plenty of uh, Saints film. I'm sure he was doing that as well. Yeah, and so that's that's something that you know I kept mentioning how we've been seeing him around the facility, and while it's not like you'd hope you would see him, you'd hope he'd be involved. I don't think that's a given either, right? Like guys can get in their own heads; they can get depressed. You know, it's it's a bummer, right? You get hurt right before your rookie debut. It was the final game of the preseason where he got hurt. Like yeah. that would. That would kind of send me teetering a bit. 
if I had put so much energy and so much emotional investment into it. Um, and when I talked to Landon Young about this, because he had the same injury in, uh, during the Eagles game last year. So the exact same type of injury, turf toe, ligament damage, had to have surgery. And his main piece of advice was like, stay in the building, keep working so that when you come back, it's not like you're starting from square one. It's like, you know, yeah, you hit the you hit a pause button and now you're back. And so hopefully that's what Trevor has been able to do, because I, I still don't think he's going to walk into a starting job. Right. Like James Hurst has been solid. So you're going to you're essentially going to be quality depth for however long it takes. And that's a good thing for the Saints, because as we've seen, guys get hurt and you want to be able to to, you know, not miss a beat when those guys go out. And you don't really have a backup left tackle that you feel good about right now. So like that, you just that alone will be good. And he'll be a mauler in the run game from day one. It's really going to be a pass protection question. And uh, yeah. And, you know, you know, with Alvin Kamara just talking about that swagger this past a uh, couple weeks ago, you know, Trevor Penning has that attitude. Uh, when he walks in to that practice field, he just, uh, he's, he likes to stir shit up. And then that's, that's going to be great for overall the offensive lines mentality and just uh, challenging this defense even more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been critical of this team and saying they don't seem to have an identity on offense. You know, your identity can be, you just mean. And you're bullying people in the run game. And that's what they've been doing. They've been mauling people. And we're going to see a little bit of that on film. Going from a not having an identity to being the team that bullies people up front. Like, that team wins. Like, you want to be the bully. You know, it's like being a finesse team has been kind of the fun thing in the modern NFL. But, like, I would much rather be the team that other teams hate to play because they're battered and bruised at the end of it. And that's what this Saints team, I think, if they kind of reach the – point that they want to on offense by the end of the year that's going to be their identity and you know getting trevor you know he's he's a guy who fits right in so hopefully he can be that again we've seen obviously the first round pick in chris olave having a big year and then along with the fact of Alante taylor their second round pick you know showing signs of why he was a, a studly second round pick you just want to see the the other uh top selection in action just to see how great this team has actually been in the draft of recent years especially this season yeah yeah i mean you look at this draft this last draft you didn't have a lot of picks but it, you know <laughs> i mean it looks like you have a stud in chris Olave and alante taylor if trevor penning comes back and is like a startable player i mean that's a that's a huge draft that's like 2017 caliber and we've seen what what a draft like that can do for a team you right. know it, it can it can buoy you for years uh if you do it right and you know, like they had, they didn't draft that well 2018, 2019, 2020, but the last tough couple years, you know, Paulson Adebo, Pete Werner, um, you know, Alave, obviously, Alante Taylor. We haven't seen, you know, DeMarco Jackson, those guys, but, uh, you know, and, and if Cesar Ruiz is, is going to continue to be that guy, you know, the last couple years of drafting, you, know, you haven't had a ton of picks. You know, these are going to be the guys who kind of lift you through this kind of reclamation period where you're not sure who the quarterback is and all that. Um, so that's, that's good to see because if they weren't, that's the thing. When you trade all your picks away, you better hit the picks you make. And that's, it yeah. that seems like they have done that. 